At Ozo, we know you love bacon. The smell, the sizzle, the crispiness. So we made True Bite Bacon out of plants. The smell, the sizzle, the crispiness. Think it's too good to be true? Well, bite into it to believe it. It's 100% plants, 100% delicious. Ozo, a true bite experience everyone will enjoy. At Ozo, we know you love bacon. The smell, the sizzle, the crispiness. So we made true bite bacon out of plants. The smell, the sizzle, the crispiness. Think it's too good to be true? Well, bite into it to believe it. It's 100% plants, 100% delicious. Ozo, a true bite experience everyone will enjoy. To a city that's set on the hill, its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city, and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there. Oh, I'm going to a city, it lies four square, the gates are made of jasper, and I'll see Jesus. Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast. And we're moving our broadcast over to Spreaker. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. We'll still be on Blog Talk Radio, but that's going to be our main avenue there on Spreaker. So you can check us out there. And also remember, we have a YouTube channel under my name, Susan Puzio, and Greedy Preachers TV. And we have our two books, President Trump's Pastor, Paula White, and Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? Also our website, propheticnews.com. All those things are available for you. And so we're going to have a good program today with our very special guest, Jackie Alnor. Hello again, Susan. Yes. We have these. Here I am. Yes. (laughs) Here we are. And it's a very eventful day today for our nation as they overturned. Roe v. Wade after 50 years. Oh, my. Yeah. It's amazing because it showed that all the feedback and rabble-rousing that happened when the when the information leaked didn't sway them a bit, even though there was an attempt on, uh, on Kavanaugh, you know, Justice Kavanaugh's life and all, and, and people in front of everybody's, you know, where they live and causing riots and everything else, and it didn't stop them from going through. And so I'm very happy to see such a Supreme Court that will stand their ground with what's right with, as far as the Constitution goes. Oh, it was a, just really brought tears to my eyes because I've been to the March for Life back, I guess, in the 1980s when I actually had a pregnancy crisis center that I ran for a few months where we gave pregnancy tests and then we counseled the girls to 
keep their babies. So I never thought this would happen. I really never, ever thought it would really happen. Well, it did, but I don't. But now, boy, did you see Nancy Pelosi's response? She says, "I would say good morning, but it's not a good morning." <laughs> no, I don't get it because you. I was listening to some people talking about it on the news, and they act like, of course, we know for the most part, abortion is a form of birth control. So you can either teach abstinence, which of course we should teach people before they get married to not have fornication. And not to have sex before marriage. Yeah, that works. And also, for people that don't want to abstain, people that aren't Christians, they're going to do what they want anyway. But what about birth control? Well, you see, abortion was the safety net. It's the birth yeah. control thing. And, um, you know, I, I see it the same way as I saw the AIDS crisis in the mid-1980s. And uh, back then... I spoke to a couple of gay men that I knew and I asked them what this AIDS thing did to his, uh, to his lifestyle. And he, and he told me it's turned it upside down. Every one of us are now monogamous and we never were that way before. And so this may, you know, be another thing that could force monogamy on some of these couples that, you know, because I think a, a, a big reason that they have these abortions is because, you know, they're having one night stands here and there and, you know, and, the, and it's meaningless. And so, you know, if this thing cuts down on that, you know, then, then good. But but the situation is, you know, is it's, it's going to be left up to the states now. And so it, I guess everything is going to depend on their state. I read somewhere where this morning, I believe it was Alabama closed and shut down yeah, every place in yeah, the state. Yeah, and so Oklahoma, uh, I think um, I have a list here somewhere. There's there's like twenty over twenty states that are going to ban it completely. So yeah, they are. <laughs> it's over. It's yeah, over. and and that that could happen in Texas too. Yeah, I think Texas Florida. is one of them. Uh, they had a they had some kind of a built-in trigger, trigger law, they called it. So in case Roe did get overturned, then Texas was one of them. Uh, I'm going to bring up that list, but where it'll be banned completely. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You know, I want to just read this statement from Michael Savage. Are you familiar who Mike, with who Michael yeah. Savage is? Yeah. Okay, you know, he's he's this big radio personality and he's, you know, he's kind of goofy, but I mean, he's kind of radical, but he's yeah, he's I radical. I've heard about him for a long time. Yeah, well, he's still out there, but he got taken off of the local radio station in San Francisco where he'd been on for 40 years or whatever. Uh-huh. And so then he so you can't so a lot of places where you used to be able to find him you can't anymore and it's just uh-huh. as well after what his response this morning, I don't even want to listen to him anymore. This is, this is what he wrote. It's one paragraph he put on Twitter. He said, curse me if you will, but by overturning Roe, the Republicans may have just destroyed themselves. Abortion was not, N-O-T in all caps, 
it was not the number one issue. Now, most women from the all-important center will vote for Dems. Mark down my words, even if you detest them. Well, you know what? He is wrong thinking that it's mostly women who are for abortion. Yeah. Because I think it's mostly men who don't want to be paying child support the rest of their lives because of their fly-by-night affairs. And, um, you know, so he's wrong. But it really irritated me for him, you know, to come out with that because I don't think that's going to be the case. I think what is the case is that there'll be no more purple states. Uh, You know, people will move to the states where they agree with. So you're going to have, you know, super, the red states are going to be really red and the blue states will be really blue and there'll be no more purple states. Okay. And so, you know, and it's going to divide the country even further. But again, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I saw somebody, and I shared it on Facebook. I saw somebody post the other day. It had a picture of the flag, you know, the rip in, in our flag. And it says, will, there, will, will we have a two-state solution? In other words, you know, could, could we split in half? Oh, as yeah, far as- yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, well, but you see, it's just one of those, it's just another thing that is causing oh, the, the divisions in the country, you know, to to really manifest themselves stronger and stronger that, you know, people are already extremely against each other ever since Trump came into office, you know, that really got, you know, split the country well, a yeah, lot. That was, and, there was a great divide there, that's for sure. Yeah, and this is going to do that even more so, but it could cause a huge exodus in and out of different states, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, you know, the, the Supreme Court, this wasn't a political decision that they made. That's what everybody's acting like. No, this was a, a constitutional dis- determination, and, uh, you know, that, uh, where, you know, yeah, what, where is it a right that you can murder your child? Since when? It, that it was ridiculous, a ridiculous law, and it took so long for it to be overturned. It should have been done a long time ago. But anyway, here's some of the states that had the trigger law. So then, now that Roe's been overturned and it's gone forever, yeah. These states now will have no more abortion. North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Utah, and Texas. But not Florida. No. They don't have a they didn't have a trigger law. He he signed some kind of a bill where he which I was very disappointed in him. DeSantis, because he signed, I think, oh, you can't have an abortion after 12 weeks or 15 weeks. But we'll see what happens now, because they could now ban all abortions in Florida. But no, he didn't put in place a trigger law. These other states did. These governors were brave enough to do it ahead of time. And so... Well, and and you know, where you live is going to be very important now, because, you know, state... Giving things back to the states to make the determination is uh, puts more power within the state as far as your day to day life. If, if this is, you know, going to be the, the way that this Supreme Court is going to determine things, 
then, you know, we love seeing states' rights, you know, I, I, I do, you know. that. Oh, yeah, you want to, because you want to see men stand up and stand up for what's right in the world instead of playing politics with the federal government. So now this is a big, big thing for the states to be able to totally ban murdering children in their state, which I don't know how mm-hmm. much God could tolerate. And, of course, the next they have to stop this buying and selling of these baby parts, which is even more despicable. Well, wow. everything, everything that goes along with abortion yeah, it's is horrible. Through and, through. The whole and, um, and, you know, it's really, it, it, it's so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a grandchild any minute now. <laughs> and watching the, uh, you know, the past nine months go in and seeing as the baby develops with the, with the ultrasounds and seeing those little babies, I mean, Wow. I mean, I think the first one was like at six weeks gestation and it, the little legs and the arms, and the little, you know, it, this was a baby, you know? Yeah, it's a baby. And, and, and to see the development and to think that, oh, look at how perfect his face is. You can see the features and see who he looks like, more daddy or mommy. And you can see all of that within the first trimester where they're, where they're eliminating them all over the place. When they're human beings in there with actual DNA, I mean, actual faces and limbs and hearts beating, you know. You can't even believe that a so-called civilized society would allow these kind of things to go on. You just can't believe it. No, it's just part of just the perdition, the perdition of the world. And unfortunately, America's been a real leader in those kinds of things. Yeah, a real leader. A real leader. But this was a great day. It just really made me cry to think of how many babies are going to be saved now and that some of the men and women that govern these states will be able to stand up for life, which is so precious. Yes. Who couldn't love a well, little baby? And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that list. I didn't know about that list. Yeah. That you yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. They were ready. They they had that trigger law put into <laughs> place. So yeah, I think it's as of uh, July first, there'll be no more abortions in those states. And that's just the start. Jesus. That's just the start. Just I the think. Start. That, yeah. Yeah, I think other states now that it's happened, other states will follow suit. Yeah, because there's some here that have the um, have laws in place already restricting abortions. So then they'll be able to ban it totally, which I think probably well, you know, they will do most of these other states. You, you know what this is going to do? And you just watch. I hope it, it could happen very quickly. The uh, the threat that the Democrats have given that they were going to stack the Supreme Court with, you know, with people who just want to go along with the well, agenda. you know that they're going to do that, or they're going to try. You don't know if they'll, they'll get everybody, but you... The thing is, it's the government's so messed up because you see the Republicans siding with the Democrats, which the Democrats, they hardly ever would side with Republicans on issues. Yeah. But you see the Republicans siding with them on the gun laws to have these red flag laws where they can take your gun away. Just The police could come and say, we don't like you. We don't like the way you're talking to us. Give us your gun. Mm-hmm. They can take your gun for any reason. 
Not yeah, because well, you're a felon. I know. And I know. And the Republicans are going along with it. Yep. And they're, you know, and that's, they, they do it incrementally. You know, like, oh, they'll put in this law and then a stricter, stricter one and then on and on until then, then you, you, you have no self-defense at all. Well, that's where it's headed. That's where it's headed eventually because you see what Canada did. Look at the abortion situation. That was incremental. It went from, you know, it went from the birth control that causes, causes abortions, you know, in the womb with the uh, fertilized egg not, not attaching. And, and then it went to, uh, you know, first trimester abortions. And then it went to, you know, the, the ugly kind if, if you waited for four months or so. And then it went all the way to, to the, to the very. To nine months. You know, and then they were yeah. even letting the baby die out of the womb. Okay. Yes. You see, yeah. And now they're saying, oh, well, you should be able to smother them within two weeks if you don't like them. <laughs> you know, it, it goes incrementally so that, you know, that you, you get used to one thing and then they pull the next thing on you. And well, um, that's what's happening. It gets more diabolical as people's, their conscience becomes more and more seared. And then mm-hmm. because the Bible says they'll be without natural affection. So uh, you can see it. You can see how far people have gone without affection. Without yeah, natural affection. I mean, affection. natural the natural affection is for a woman to love her baby. Yeah. I mean. And not call it a fetus. Like your, your daughter doesn't say I'm having a fetus. You don't say, oh, my, my, my uh, daughter is pregnant with a fetus. No. They like no, to say it's, it's a baby. fetus. Yeah, it's a baby. They even managed it's, to change the terminology. Even in, in, in early pregnancy, uh, I've, I've had four babies. So even in early pregnancy, it's our baby, baby, baby until yeah. it's, oh, it's just, oh, oh, you're telling, oh, okay, I see. It's just tissue. Oh, no, it's a fetus. Like, they've managed to really brainwash. They've been very successful at brainwashing people to so they could disassociate with the fact that it's a baby and it's living and it's breathing and it's sucking its thumb and it's moving. And uh, so... They couldn't hide it, though. Uh, they couldn't hide some things after, of course, when they started doing these ultrasounds at the pregnancy crisis centers and and then, of course, with the Internet. Because, I, first of all, I can't even believe that a woman would not know that she's having a baby when uh, they try to say that. Well, they try to say, well, you don't really know when conception happens. Really? Well... <laughs> I, I found that out in what sixth grade biology. <laughs> yeah, I didn't take. Yeah, I didn't. Well, usually when a woman gets pregnant, she knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are they well, talking about? Well, they're just. It, it's not. It, it's just propaganda. It, yeah. And 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 it 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 catches on, and everybody knows what the agenda is and what the talking points are. And they just repeat one another's lines and, um, you know, nobody's thinking anymore. Um, no, no, you really, you really do notice that, that people don't have their critical thinking skills, but you see it in the church. I can't believe all the crazy stuff I hear going on 
in church circles, and it, it's like it's acceptable. Everything, almost yeah. everything's become acceptable. I know because the culture has come into the church, and the church has accepted it. And this isn't just within, let's say, the Roman Catholic Church. There have they've had a they're having a huge divide over the uh, abortion issue. I mean, after all, Nancy Pelosi. You see pictures of her with the Pope. Uh, wasn't there something recently on the news where some bishop refused to allow her to yeah, have? Which they're supposed to do because that's a rule in the Catholic Church, but they don't follow yeah. the rules either. They don't follow no. their own rules. No, and and then within the evangelical, in air quotes, church, there's a division over that as well, and over a lot of things, so that the divisions everywhere are are being more distinctive you know it's like the division of the sheep and the goats is even before the actual judgment day happens you know everybody is taking up sides or something like we're waiting for you know the the, the last stand of good and evil and and there and people are choosing the sides. I, I don't believe the whole thing i can't believe what i'm seeing and what i hear and how uh, how compromised the church at large has become over doctrine, things that are supposed to matter, and over holiness, that's supposed to matter, and it, it doesn't seem to matter so much anymore. Like you said, the world came into the church, they let it come in, and then they started acting like the world and dressing like the world, and uh, dancing like the world and singing like the world. <laughs> yeah, well, and they, do, they, they don't do as good a job at it either. Well, some do, <laughs> some do, but it's, it's, that was a big downfall. I think that was one of the, the things that created such a downfall in, in the church, the way Jesus looks at it anyway, is that, we had to bring, we had to make it more like the world because we wanted to attract sinners. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. How, we can't mm-hmm. just, you can't just read the Bible. No, we have to have all the, the lights and the smoke and the immodest clothes and the crazy singing and then the, the nutty preaching. Some of the preaching is way out there. Mm-hmm. It's a show. They're, they're, they've decided they were going to become performers. Then, of course, they get so filthy rich, taking 10% of people's money, that they're, oh, we need the money. When, when, when uh, God's going to bless you and give you prosperity, if you tithe and you sow seeds, and then we're going to spend it on the gospel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, they obscure the gospel. I, I, I mean, the, Jesus would be turning over their the money changers' tables, yeah, you know. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have. Now, I haven't yeah. done that yet. I haven't done <laughs> that. I didn't go into any church or temple and start getting out a whip like he did. <laughs> that was radical. Yeah, it was radical, but. Again, boy, he had perfect judgment in knowing which ones to whip, but I don't know. It seems like he whipped them all, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like, do you think we'd get the message? It's more, more so the money changers now than ever, and there's more of them. 
there's much more of them. You can look at YouTube or you can look at Twitter or you can look at Instagram or you can look at a lot of these social media things and you can see how many followers these people have and how many, oh, it's a, it's like I, I can't believe it yeah, well that's why jesus said when the son of man comes will he even find the faith on the earth you know because it's going to be hard to find amongst <laughs> yeah, all the yeah all, all the businesses dig them out of all those church businesses that's it that's it it's just supposed to be simple. The New Testament church, I don't see any of these big buildings like they were building big buildings or uh, they were doing all the, the things that we do now, which is kind of common. It has to be a certain way where they go to the building and they, they sing songs and then they take up the offering and then the pastor preaches and then it's see you later. And so that's I know. that's yeah. the way it is. And you know, I moved around a lot in my in my marriage because of my husband's career taking us to different states. I think we've lived in five states. Well, with him maybe three. I got to a couple more since, and back yeah. to another one that left before. But you know, in in all of those, um, what was I getting at? In 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 all of those states. It was um, it was really hard to find any any decent churches, you know, and and I'd have to search for a new church every time, and every time I've moved, believe me, it's gotten harder and harder to find just a Bible teaching church. Yeah, to just find a Bible teaching church, just to find yeah. a Bible teaching church. So I like to encourage people because I think after what I saw with the last pandemic where they closed the church, the buildings don't count on going to a building. And anyway, uh, the church is not a building. It's the people. So you could count on going to a building. It might not be there. And then what are you going to do? So, well, you know what the problem is? And, and I'm sure it's for everybody else too. If they're in a new, to a new place, if there's a, if there's a gathering of saints, say in the house or something, they're not advertising on on uh, Google search, you know, and so all you can find are these established churches. And and as you know, I just I just signed a lease for, and I'm you know moving to a couple towns over in in a resort area, and um, you know I I started the church search right <laughs> again, and I I couldn't believe it. I I thought I found this one. Church. It sounded pretty good. It was, it was called something Cowboy Church. I thought, oh, look at this. The, the, the instead yeah, of a cross. Be careful, cowboy. Some of them oh, are oh no, I'm just, no, no, no. I, there's a cowboy hat instead of a cross. Yeah, <laughs> some of those cowboy. I had a friend that went to Cowboy Church. He was a Church of God person. Then he turned to Universalist and advertised Cowboy Church. So you think, oh, friendly church. They don't, and he didn't advertise that he was a Universalist, but I would, uh -huh. and they didn't boot him out of the Cowboy Church because they kind of have like a click Cowboy Church. So I wouldn't be surprised that they wouldn't have one there. Well, I checked some of the sermons and I found him talking about a negative confession versus the positive oh, confession. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you better cross that one off your list. <laughs> I did but it was, it was, you know what? It was the only one I found in the area that had the millennial rule of Jesus in the doctrinal statement. Yeah, well, yeah, 
Yeah, he's come, Jesus is coming back. At least that one taught it. But the other ones that I found didn't have that on their doctrinal statement. And, you know, this place that I'm moving to, and I won't name the name of the places in Central Texas, yeah. but it's a resort area. And the, uh, and, and, and the agent that was showing me the townhomes that I'm, that I'm now re- going to be renting, he said, well, you know, there's a lot of cults around here. And I said, oh, you mean like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses? And it looked, he, he responded like I'd punched him in the gut or something. <laughs> uh, and I thought, uh-oh. And it's funny because on the way home, I passed in the town, I passed right by a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall. I thought, uh-oh. But then I looked it up and I found out what he was talking about. And this is typical of new age little cults that find really beautiful areas and they say, oh, well, there's portals here and this is a portal. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like Sedona, Arizona? Yes, Sedona, yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. Well, this place has a lot of beautiful natural springs and things like that. It's where people go tubing and, and you know, all these other recreational things because it's a really beautiful area. And um, and so it it's got tons of these new age different gurus. It's not going to say gurus. It's really modern ladies that that you know have these classes on you know how to you know you know w- Wiccan sort of thing. Oh, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And then well, and then they was like that Austin that area around there has been like that for a long time. Yeah. Well, this is like concentrated in one place. Yeah. And and. Thought, well, you know, maybe that's because I really feel the Lord opened the doors to this place, and so I'm thinking to myself, He'll He'll help me understand what it is I need to do there because um, I used to really be involved in my in my early years before I got married, as far as evangelism with cults, you know, and um, and I used to have a friend. We used to go into all the occult bookshops and give out tracts and witness to people, yeah. and we had some, and so. You know, sometimes you think where the Lord tells you to go back and do the work you did at first. And I've wondered about that because that was something very early in my faith that I would do and the Lord would bless that. And so maybe that'll happen there and maybe then I'll find out about, about you know, smaller groups that, that well, aren't at That's it. You, there's, there's, there's believers all over that not necessarily there's not they're not necessarily in these mega churches where yeah. I, I have to laugh because they say i heard this preacher the other day say well you you have to go and you need a pastor you need to be under his authority and he needs yeah. to look after you and i'm like well okay i know how it was when i went to church some of the the smaller churches yeah i got to know the pastor we'd be friends Small church, though, small church. But then if you went to a bigger church, it, yeah, it was walk in, sing, sit down, stand up, kneel down, stand up, see you later. The pastor well, didn't, you know, even know, didn't even know if I existed. So what kind of a... Uh, exactly. And this is something my that, life? Like, where are you? you I, I, I thought that threw out of my head a few minutes ago just came back when you said that. And that is how you become friends with the pastor and his wife. And in in a couple of cases, a couple of churches that my husband and I were with for many, many years, we thought we were the best of friends. But as soon as we had to move and leave, they didn't even want us on their friends list anymore. I mean, there was like, what? I thought we were friends. And that was the end. (laughs) 
That was the end of the friendship. We were only How friends. The friendship. We were only friends to your face. Yeah. That was the wow. end. Wow. That was the end of wow. the friendship. That was terrible. That was eye-opening. What happened to our friendship? I know. That is awful. That is awful because you think that after you spend so much time with somebody and they act like they like you, and then you're all of a sudden off the list. Yeah. Oh, in, in, in some cases, it was very, very, very shocking. And um, yeah, because, is. you know, I would, I would do like I always did, kind of ask that pastor for, what do you think about this? And ask him for advice. Well, as long as I was going there, he'd answer me. But then when, after my husband passed away and he did the funeral and everything, um, then he didn't want much to do with those emails anymore and wouldn't answer me. Yeah. And it wasn't often. It was just, you know, if I ran into a, you know, a thing where I wanted some counsel and I didn't have a current pastor, you know, while I was still between churches, that, he didn't, he didn't need me anymore. Yeah. No, that is, but it, it, it's like that sometimes where you think that you're developing a friendship and they understand where you're coming from and they understand your mm -hmm. ministry, you understand their ministry. Yeah. And then distance shouldn't separate friends. No, but it's, it's I know. a crazy setup. Well, you know, and I guess that's business, huh? Well, that's it. It's business. So we have to learn how to how to uh, trust God. We have to let Jesus be everything to us because we don't know what's up ahead. All your friends might desert you. They might not like where you're coming from or what you're saying, and if it, especially uh, if it doesn't agree with what they believe uh, some people they just they won't talk to you if they don't like the way you're uh, the way you believe well i could be friends with i could be friends with people just because they don't believe the way i do i don't have to be so disagreeable but a lot of people that they don't really want to hear what what you're saying or they think what happened to her because she's not going along with all the Word of Faith teachings or the Joe Lowster sure. teachings or the mm -hmm. Kenneth Copeland or TBN or whatever. So, yeah, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of uh, finding a new place to live, I uh, I mentioned that um, the they did a background check on, on me, you know, and uh, – when I, and that's why I say it was a struggle to try to get this townhouse that I wanted because it was the right, the right price in the right place. And the agent called me and said, yeah, well, we did a background check on you and boy, what we found, you're a, you're a revolutionary. And, and see, and they hadn't agreed yet. I mean, they were still checking with my rental history and all that before approval. And I thought I have perfect rental history, but I'll tell you what, I might not get this place because him saying I'm a revolutionary yeah. and, and, and see that's changed for everybody now because you know, now that we have social media and they can just look us up I or now, you, up, course, yeah. you know, I'm more, I'm more public with my social media because it's associated with my ministry yeah, and everything are, yeah. and other people. But there's a lot of people who, who are you know, on my friends list and stuff and they'll comment and get involved in, my public, they, they, they will, their names will still come up. If, if they did it, if some, you know, even if it's on my 
Facebook page and not theirs, if they comment on my Facebook page on something that might look controversial, they could get labeled and not succeed in their background check. It's true. It's very true. Very true. I'm glad I don't have to go through that. But I, <laughs> I know you're settled. <laughs> yeah, I was settled. I, the last place I live, my neighbors. <laughs> well, I know, and then there's talk about having social scores instead of just your credit check or credit score. You'll have a social score, and um, and so who's determining what those things are that determine your social score? And I have a feeling you and I wouldn't score so well. No, I wouldn't <laughs> score so well at this point. I wouldn't even want to go through that where people were checking on my <laughs> my background. Oh, it's all out there on the internet, whatever I do or whatever I say is, is but out you see, there. We, we are older retired people. Those yeah. who are trying to those who are trying to get a job are really going to oh, be affected as far as being hired. And I you know I really think that self-censorship is now happening because people don't want the, their their views to be out there because they could be discriminated against and, and they sure will. There was this, this lady, it was on Instagram or something, and people were, were you know, sending that around a couple of weeks ago of this lady who says, well, I'm, I head up the HR department here and we do headhunters for, to fill in jobs. And I look at every one of your Instagram, every one of your Twitter accounts. And if you do this or that, your job uh, history is over, you know? And she made all these threats and she says, and I'm not the only HR person. We're all out there and we're going to stop every one of you from making a living. Well, they do that. They do that. Yeah. Oof, we're all going to be sent. Sent to the catacombs again, huh? <laughs> well, who knows? Because you see how they're coming against uh, people in business by ruining their businesses. Yep. And uh, careers, people that were in football or baseball or or uh, on television, doing some television shows, just because they had Christian beliefs, they were mm-hmm. fired or... Uh, discriminated against and then lied about and viciously in the press. So, yeah. Yeah, you can't even be in certain fields anymore if you're a Christian because you, you won't go far. I mean, you can't be a baker anymore. If you bake wedding cakes, look out. Uh, you know, and there's things like if you, if you uh, own an apartment complex and you don't want to uh, lease out an apartment to a same-sex couple, be they so-called married or not, which of course is, is ludicrous. But if, if if you don't want that there, then 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 you're going to lose your apartment oh, yeah, complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even have any rights as far as that goes because you can't discriminate. And if, no, no. And if you run an adoption agency, or or you can't get a job, or you did have a job in an adoption agency, and you don't want to adopt out a beautiful little child to a same-sex couple, then you're out of work. Yeah. There's many things. Pretty soon, and they're trying this, this is the next thing that that they'll go after, is if pastors don't conduct same-sex weddings, yeah. then, then they will be closed down. Yeah. They're going to go after churches. Yeah. They have been. And it's getting worse and worse. And we just know that persecution, that's part of the prophetic word that we have from, you know, from the Olivet Discourse that will be persecuted. 
And people will even kill us thinking they're doing something for God. Yeah. Well, they've done but, that in the past. Yeah, well, those things, if things are worse than it ever has been, then we know that leading up to that final, you know, the final tribulation time, it's going to continue to get worse. And we can just see it happening over and over again, um, you know, where we have become the ones to look out for. You know, the um, Homeland Security has labeled uh, any any right wing, uh, you know, conservatives as as dangerous. And they're terrorists. Yeah. People yeah. who don't drag queen story hour at their school are the terrorists. Now, did you think that we'd ever see the day? Did you ever in your lifetime ever think that you were going to see this kind of thing being done to little children? Never. Never. I'm still Never. <clears throat> I'm still hurting over the police not doing anything about the man in uh, Uvalde, Texas, yeah. shooting up the the two the grade schools, the yeah. little children, and and they they waited forty minutes before going in there. Well, it's a whole. I guess they're wait. I guess they were waiting for him to empty out all his bullets into all the little children before they decided to go in. Oh, they didn't want to risk their lives, now did they? Well, the thing is, they have shields, they have equipment, they have body armor, what? and whatever. I I don't. I, it's a, there's a whole breakdown of law and order. We're seeing it. Like you were, you were saying, they go and march. They were marching at these Supreme Court justices' houses, which is illegal. It's against. It's a federal law that they can't do that. But no yeah. one was arresting them. No, no, no. We it's it's it, there's no more justice. There's no more law and order. And uh, and and on top of that, idiocy is at the helm. Did you see that? The, the, the speaking notes that came out this oh, morning. Oh, I saw that. Uh, sit down, walk in. The, the notes that were <laughs> given to the, pre the, the president of the United States, he doesn't know what he's doing. He can't walk into a room without looking at a note card to know to sit down and to say hello and then when to leave and then who to talk to. No, uh, he can't think. Which I thought was um, obvious. Who's running this thing over there? Wow. This, this is why I really do want to see a return to states' rights, because at least you can pick a state that has sanity at, at, at the helm. Yeah, states' rights. I like state, states' rights. If you get a righteous person or, or uh, somebody that's a strong man or a woman that'll stand up for right and wrong and law and, law and order, which... Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I never thought... Uh, I was talking about... Uh, something strange here that went on in a in a Catholic church, if you can believe it, was on Father's Day, they had two gay men get up that were married in this church, in a Catholic church. They got up and gave their testimony and, uh, and talked about how they adopted two children and they were fathers and the people stand gave them a standing ovation after so here let's listen to this you were in mass on sunday last sunday it's father's day happy father's day to all the dads out there you're in mass and the priest says hey it's father's day we want to honor the fathers we're going to have some fathers come up and give the sermon two dudes get up they go up to the ambo or the pulpit and they start talking about 
their marriage together and their children together. This actually happened in Chicago last weekend. We're going to look at that today, talk a little bit about it. Just going to say at the get-go, we all know people who identify as same-sex attracted. We all do. Today, don't want to judge them, don't want to say where their soul's going, but I am a Catholic, I'm a traditional Catholic, so I follow the biblical teaching. A lot of people will throw stones at me, so be it. We got to love sinners, lead them to Jesus, lead them to repentance, and we have to be consistent when it comes to sexual immorality. I'm not going to go soft on that, be weak. We do need to look at this, and my main question today is, I want you to think about it with me, is are these blessings, marriages between a man and a man and a girl, a woman and a woman, are they already de de facto part of modernist dioceses? Is it already kind of done? Did Francis already kind of, with Amoris Laetitia, did he already wrap it up, put a bow on it? It's done. Are you seeing this kind of stuff in the month of June? Was that Taylor Marshall? Yeah, I think there's more. There's more coming, I hope. Yeah, that, that was uh, Taylor Marshall. Of course, that's a Catholic guy uh, talking. Yeah. I guess that, that was the end of this. But here, here's a... So what you're oh, about to hear is how they're dating relationship, marriage, and adoption of two kids are the series of miracles that are akin to the miracles worked by Jesus in the Gospels that the priest just read. Everybody got that so far? The inventor Charles Kettering once said, every father should remember that one day his child will follow his example, not his advice. These are the two and gay men our fathers talking. definitely led by example always putting their family first. We were both raised in very strong Christian households and understand the importance of family, which is why becoming fathers ourselves was never a question. In fact, on our first date, true story, we both admitted that we would want to get married and have children one day if that were a possibility, which is a lot so. to talk about on a first date. Yeah. You can't have to. Oh, big boy father thinks that's funny. So yeah, we're going to hear all about their dating life and what their first date was like and how they want to get married and have children, all of which, in their mind, in the Catholic Church, they have achieved. Wow. Wow, right? Yeah, yeah, because see, so really, especially... Oh. <laughs> One thing I want you to consider, this is going to be a little bit controversial. One thing I want you to consider as you watch this is I hear a lot of people say, well, if it's a valid mass, which means the consecration of the body and blood happened, you have to attend. Can't walk out. You got to stay. It is a true valid Eucharist. So you have to stay no matter what the, the priest could put on a a clown nose and a hula skirt and he could skateboard all around and he could even teach heresy in the sermon, but you have to stay. And my position has always been, if the mass is dangerous to my faith, my wife's faith, and my kid's faith, you do not have to stay. 
Now, isn't that interesting that no matter what's going on, they have to stay if they're going to, if they're going to do the Eucharist thing. Well, it's the obligation. Right. It's the obligation. I was always taught that growing up Catholic, that, that, it, you couldn't leave until after the offertory where they, where they re-offer Christ in the wafer and in the cup, uh, to God the Father. That's the, the reconstitution of the crucifixion of Christ. And so, and, and so the offering with the, it's called the offertory, not the offering, the offertory of the mass. And you have to stay through that. You can leave when everybody goes up to do the communion because that's after the wafers and the blood or the, the, the wine is changed to blood and, and the, yeah, and the wafer. Yeah. Then you can leave after that. You've fulfilled your obligation, but if you don't stay for that, then it's a sin and a black, it's a mortal sin. And if you got in a car wreck leaving the church, you'd go straight to hell if you, <gasps> if you didn't stay extra long. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. It's a mortal sin to miss Sunday and, and, a, and well, a holy day of Sunday. Yeah, it used to be a mortal sin. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be. They still call it a mortal sin. If you miss Mass on Sunday or a holy day of obligation, unless you ha- unless you're you know deathly ill or something, and um, but but that you, you complete your obligation if you stay till the offertory. If you leave after that, and you know you don't go up for communion or whatever, as long as you were there for the offertory, then you know your 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 debt is paid. Yeah, I didn't remember that, but I I was shocked when I saw that because. Now, we know the Catholic Church is a false church and that kind of thing, but they didn't. I, I don't ever remember them promoting homosexuality. No, because no one was back then, and that's because until AIDS, they weren't pairing off. <laughs> they didn't care about about coupling as a couple, you know. Um, they, didn't, they didn't care about that until AIDS. And as I said, AIDS change the lifestyle of the gay community. And I'm from LA, you know, and I, I saw it happen. As you know, I used to work in, in the County of Los Angeles venereal disease control. And so um, <laughs> it, it, we, we knew a whole different situation yeah, of what <laughs> Okay. And that totally changed oh. after AIDS. And, and it, but it's getting back to that again, because now AIDS isn't a death sentence anymore. You see, so, but unbelievable! It, These guys, two two gay guys married, so supposedly married. Uh, yeah, get well, up on yeah. a Sunday in a Catholic church. Oh, I know. Give their testimony, and the people applaud. It, what? I mean, I know. I was shocked back in the eighties when somebody that I was in children's theater with, yeah. That explains it. But anyway, he was gay. He ended up, uh, um, oh, what was he, he? He had some high position in, in Palm Springs. And Palm Springs, went California, just went pretty much totally gay. And he, and unfortunately, now he was raised without any religion at all, but we used to take him with us to Mass on Sunday. And so we found, I found out, you know, later that he, he became a Catholic. And and I was surprised because this is, I found this out, you know, this was 20 years ago. You know, he's a Catholic and he's openly gay in Palm Springs. And, and um, you know, and then someone who knew him says, well, if they didn't accept the gays in Palm Springs, there would be nobody at the masses in Palm Springs. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's, it's what expediency. 
whatever works. It doesn't matter. You just no, got to feel those It doesn't matter cues. anymore. But that's the whole, see, you can see the Catholics were real strict, uh, especially when it came to morals at one time. So for this to yeah. be happening, here's, my, here's uh, Michael Voris talking about it. Or he knew that's what they would want. Either way, Bush's Napa party has dozens of conferences and speakers and chances for people to talk and so forth. Yet nowhere on the docket, nowhere at any time is the topic of homosexuality among the bishops and their priests ever allowed to be talked about. Nowhere is any bishop ever put under the spotlight and asked, why they go along with this filth, why they seem to think that ordaining homosexual men is okay, even though the church says it's not. Heck, Father Altman's bishop, William Callahan in La Crosse, Wisconsin, not only thinks it's okay, but he actually assigned Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell back into active ministry after it was revealed he was having gay sex hookups with countless men on a phone app called Grinder. Wouldn't a setting like Napa, loaded with faithful Catholics who love the church, be the perfect setting to talk about all this evil and what to do about it? Free and unrestricted dialogue and listening sessions that Bush's buddy bishops promote nonstop. Seems like this would be a great place to talk about it. The Napa event is billed as bringing together bright minds and various lectures all geared he was, he was pretty stirred up because he was being, this, uh, Michael Voris is another Catholic who has this church militant that uh, Jackie introduced me to from uh, on YouTube. And we, we listen to these guys because they're, they're, they're good at what they do, except they're so blind to this whole Catholic thing. And he was all stirred up because he was supposed to be invited to this conference they have in Napa. And uh, then they didn't want to tell him they didn't really want him there. They led him on to believe that he had an invitation and they were going to pay his way in his hotel. And then at the last minute, they told him no. <laughs> they didn't. They, and then they lied to him about it, but he got a hold of this uh, email or voicemail or whatever where one of the ladies that was uh, in, kind of in charge of it says, well, we didn't really want Michael Voris there. Because he's going to talk, he's going to bring up the subject of why are you, why it's a bunch of bishops and these rich people and they get together and talk about how, talk about the church, but they don't want to bring up, they don't want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is, what are you going to do about the homosexual problem, which you, the Catholic Church says it in their doctrine, they say it's a sin, but yet they don't care. They're acting like they don't care. Morris calls it the lavender uh, priesthood. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and you know, and he's ex, he's an ex-gay. Yeah. And and you know who? Well, but you know, again, he's a, he's a, he's as as he says. I mean, you know, I can only tell you what he says. That he's a, he's a celibate ex-gay. In other words, he maybe he's not interested in women, but he's not going to live out that gay lifestyle. No, I'm and obviously. Uh, and he, yeah, and so he acknowledges that it's sin, but you know, he, he lives lives alone with his puppy dog, and yeah, which is good. I mean, that's honorable. <laughs> but um, but you know, these these men now the the Pope is really coming against 
these these men that are leading these groups and and we don't want to leave out Michael Matt of the Remnant newspaper who um, is also one of these ones that are the conservatives within the Catholic Church who are you know raising the awareness well, they're of raising the alarm because they're they're trying they're yeah. they're kind of trying to be like Martin Luther's where Martin Luther was a monk and he was trying to reform the Catholic Church. Well, he finally realized he's not going to reform the thing, so uh, he had to go into hiding because they were going to kill him. Uh, and so uh, he goes into hiding, and then he starts his own thing. So eventually, we're we're be- praying and believing for these men to come out mm-hmm. of this Babylonian oh, yeah. system. Uh, it, it's funny you would say that because I went to one of Boris's conferences in Detroit, and I talked to him afterwards, and I said to his face. I said, I said, do you realize that Martin Luther did not leave the Catholic Church? The Catholic Church kicked him out, and he goes, no. And I said, that's what happened, and that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. You're, and he goes, no. I said, yes. Yeah. I think he can see where that it's getting close because now the Pope has, has um, you know, pretty much, he's angry at the, he calls it the, the, the American, oh, he didn't use the word revolutionaries, but he might as well have used the word revolutionary, right? Yeah, well, they're not going to put up with him. They're not going to put up with him and Michael Matt and Taylor Marshall coming against their authority. They're not going to put, no. up, put up with it for a while, but they're going to find out. They're going to find out yeah, if they're how coming, wicked they yeah, could really coming. be. Yeah, the hammer's coming down on them yeah, now. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping, believing that God will rescue them and remove the blinders from their eyes and let them see who Jesus really is. And yeah. uh, God has a place for them. And it's not there. They're not going to reform the thing. It's never, nobody's been able to reform that monster. No. And if they act like this is some new thing. It's not new. No. They, you know, it's the, the corruption in, in the Catholic Church. Well, anyone who who says that the Pope is the vicar of Christ, anyone who believes that is an insult on Jesus Christ. He's no longer the head of his church. Yeah. And so they, they usurp the authority of Jesus Christ when they have a, a man who is in the authority of the church that has, you know, I, I can't believe like someone says, Oh, I wonder if, if this Pope is even going to make it to heaven. One of, one of these responses has said to one of this recently, and I thought, are you kidding? In fact, I even said something. This is on some one of these one of the guys we just mentioned, one of their posts on on Twitter. And and I said, are you kidding me? You know, the opposite is true. What pope will get to heaven? Because they all usurp the authority of Jesus Christ, that he was the head of his church. Oh, they wouldn't be able to be a pope if they got born again. No, they couldn't be. be it would be over. <laughs> yeah, because what the, the whole the whole position itself is blasphemous. Yeah, is is anti antichrist. Yeah, it's all antichrist. Well, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. Here's the here's the famous uh, one about the the dancing. Oh! <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has happened at the feet of the cross of new life catholic church (laughs) go into the aisle into the aisle come on people let's go church put your hands together shake it shake it baby (laughs) 
explain what that laugh was about, Susan. <laughs> he was he had this big bubble. This is in a Catholic church. They're I guess they're trying to be relevant too. So for us that have grown up Catholic, it, no, this is no way it was ever like that. He's got he had a big bubble thing. And he had this big he was blowing like blowing bubbles. Yeah. It, it sounded it, like a Rodney Howard Brown meeting. <laughs> they brought the dancing girls out. <laughs> I know, and this was on. It was this was during a mass. Yeah, it was. It was on. It was on Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> I guess they were just getting Pentecostal. Yeah, they were getting. Pen, they're getting Pentecostal because they they're losing people left and right. So they they're going to do the same thing like the, these evangelicals did. Oh, we have to try to be relevant. Could you imagine? They're going to outbuild. Hey, that outdoes uh, Ronnie Howard Brown, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, he brings out the big bubbles. Imagine going to church and somebody starts blowing bubbles. And then the dancing, that then the dancing girls come out. Oh. Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is painful. It is. It was painful. It was painful, but that's the state. Even, uh, of course, we're not endorsing Catholicism in any way. It's a cult, and, it, and no. it's, it's evil. But to see, right. for growing up uh, for the first 12 years of my life and being raised as a Catholic and attending Catholic school, it was in no way like this. You didn't talk in church. Oh, no. In fact, there, there was this weird kind of, reverence that there was this, this so-called reverence where you talked in whispers in yeah. the church you never <laughs> well because because jesus was in the box that's right, that's right. he was in that tabernacle <laughs> and he had to be very reverent in his presence that's it. <laughs> oh Susan. oh dear blame these men that that are you know wanting to hold on to the old catholic church and and this is just this is their worst nightmare i mean you can't help feeling sorry for them even though they were misled to begin with Yeah, but you have to hope that their eyes are going to be open it's just like luther yeah. finally he realized i am i'm not gonna change this thing i i'm not gonna bring i'm not gonna reform this monster so he had to go into hiding and uh, of course, oh, yeah. then he started the Lutheran Church, and uh, but they're going to finally have to realize you're not going to change it. You just don't have the power to do it. They don't care about you. Do you notice when you listen to these three men and their three separate uh, programs that they they each have their own so-called ministry in air quotes that that each time. They finish all of this exposing of all the evil going on in this Catholic church. And then at the end, but it is the only one true church that was founded by Jesus himself. And there's no other way, you know, to be right in, in, in God, except through this church that is run by gay, crazy men. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's how blind they are, because they're so devoted to this thing and they know it's rotten to the core. But yet they yep. they believe that this is the church Jesus founded. Jesus didn't found a church that was in a building, number one. 
Jesus. Yeah, they don't realize that part. No, they don't realize that part. That we are the church, and right. and God doesn't have, He doesn't dwell in buildings. So they're going to have to realize it eventually. Hopefully, they will. They have to see it. That blinder has to come off because yeah, they say, and then they they're talking about their love for Mary. They're so devoted to Mary. And uh, like you said, they said, this is the one true church. You think Jesus is going to endorse this kind of horrible debauchery? No, I don't think so. No. No, but you see the extremes. Like, I mean, you know, it kind of fit in with what we talked about with this, uh, you know, division over the abortion issue and over the gay issue. And this going on in the Catholic Church, these are, these are, extreme divisions too it's like in every area of life it seems there's there's the divide the grand divide in between people yeah and um and that just seems we we just see that everywhere we see that in companies in politics and religion and uh social things in education i mean you name it there's a huge divide and people are either one way or the other and there's i don't think there's any such thing as moderates anymore. <laughs> no, that's true. There, there is a, there is a divide between good and evil and right and wrong. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, it is, uh, it is a big divide. Here, let's we'll listen to a little more. I think this is um, Taylor Mar- Marshall with um, Michael Matt. Okay. There's union in places, but the debate over the council. Do you reject all of it? Vegano. Line item vetoes? Bishop Schneider. I mean, I don't want to simplify, oversimplify Bishop Schneider. Is it pastoral, not infallible? We are coming closer and closer, and Francis is pushing us closer and closer to that cliff and saying, do you accept the council? Do you not accept the council? And if you don't accept the council, we're going to take away your final little treat, your little cookie, no more Latin mass, no more traditional baptisms, confirmations, whatever. You just lost it. It's your fault, not ours. Sorry. Do you think that's yeah. where we're going? I do, and that's why I think it's very important. As we at the top of the show, we start off by putting the onus on them. You tell us what you're talking about, because this is very unclear at the moment. And we've made this point before. If you want to like comfort those who are new to our to your show, my show, here's the thing. Here's the the, the bald facts on this. We accept more of Vatican II than Father Jimmy Martin does. You know what I mean? I mean, we accept anything that's that's doctrinally binding, that was doctrinally binding on our parents and all the Catholics back to Peter. We accept to whatever extent it shows up in Vatican II. We must. Vatican II says Mary is the mediatrix. I agree to that. You agree to that. Would James Martin agree to that? Right. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So, so we accept whatever we want, whatever one must accept. Because remember, John or Pope John the Twenty Third, when he called this thing, he wasn't addressing a problem. In fact, he just the opposite. He was talking about those prophets of doom who are always talking about something wrong in the church. So he he basically confirmed for us, Taylor. He's saying everything is great. Everything mm-hmm. is great in the Catholic Church. We're just going to have this council to make things even more better and we get more outreach to people who don't understand. So, ergo, there was not a problem that that council was addressing by the pope who called it by his own word. So now we're saying we're left to say 
what is it about Vatican II do you think that we're rejecting? You need to specify, because in fact, we accept all that is doctrinally binding that happens to make its way into the 16 documents of Vatican II. And the only thing that we may, may or may not reject is the novelty that bishops and popes have ever since said is up for some debate. Whatever's new in the council, some like collegiality or ecumenism or whatever, all, none of that is doctrinally binding. All of it is subject to debate. A Catholic can reject it in good conscience. So Francis must remain mute about this, quiet about what he's talking about, because if he specifies, he loses and he knows it. So he leaves it ambiguous. Yeah. As soon as he specifies, he brings out the yellow highlighter and highlights all these sections that are going to mm -hmm. be debated and uh, that are the controversial passages. Yes, he just yes. wants everyone to sort of, you know, just roll over and accept it. Right. Right. And, and, and the thing is that the documents of Vatican II, most Catholics haven't even read it. I would wager to say many, many traditionalists have not bothered to slog through it. And, and, and what they're talking about is the revolutionary event. There's a reason they don't define it. The it's the, the event that mattered, the whole sea change that mattered. Benedict got close to it talking about it. Personally, I think that the answer for traditional Catholics, just look them dead in the eye and say, you tell me what you're talking about. You prove that I reject anything doctrinally binding in Vatican II. Over and above that, I am not interested in your hippie Woodstock Council anymore. I'm done with it. <laughs> Don't you feel sorry for them? They're, they're, they're waging a, a, a never win situation. You know, this is no win for them. I really do. I, 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 uh, they're intelligent men. And, oh, yes. And they seem like good men, yet they, it's so sad to see, like he says, Mary is the mediatrix. We, uh, we believe that she mediates for us with Jesus, and they believe Mary was born without sin, and she ascended into heaven in a body. They have all these yeah. strange beliefs, and they can't see who Jesus really is, and that's the sad part. They don't understand the plan of salvation. If if they could really understand the plan of salvation, they would be they would be away with all this other stuff. If they really knew who Jesus was, that's sad, and that is really sad because they talk about Jesus, but they don't. Well, understand. See, and that's Martin Luther objected with his ninety five thesis. He was mainly objecting to the use of of indulgences and yeah, pain to get out of but later he discovered grace. He read Romans. Yeah, he read, yeah, he read about. Yeah. He, he couldn't deny it. He couldn't deny it. Yeah. Because they no. teach you you get saved through the sacraments. You have to work out your salvation. You have to be good. Uh, you can go to purgatory. There's all these things that you can't get saved. You never really understand. But when Luther saw that it was by grace, you you, mm -hmm. you are saved. That did it. That did it. That did it. Yeah. He couldn't. It, he couldn't. And that's what these guys need to understand. That's what they need to do. They just need to sit down with the Romans for a while as, as Luther did and make, cause they're seeing, they're seeing the indulgences and they don't like it because actually indulgences and purgatory is just, you might as well just call it karma. They got to go burn off exactly. their karma. It's reincarnation. You can, you get another chance after you die to go someplace and get it right. So then yeah. I said Fair to enough. a person that, that, that was, I was talking about purgatory, I said, well, then why did Jesus die for you? You believe Jesus died for you, right? Yeah. 
a Catholic person, and but yet they believe they're going to go to purgatory. So why did he die? Why he would? It's, it would have been a waste of time for him to die for your sins if you have to go someplace and suffer for your sins. Yeah, it's, they, they just aren't seeing it, and it's they've been they've been well. Actually, the the two Michaels that we're referring to, they were both raised Catholic, but. Taylor Marshall was actually a, an Episcopal priest who converted. Anglican, Anglican. Oh, Anglican. Episcopal and Anglican, it's actually yeah. one and the same. Oh, okay. It's, they, like, I think they call it mainly Anglican in England. It's yeah, the Church do. of England. Yeah. Episcopal when they get it over here or something. But, yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. But the thing is, he, he, so he was administering. He was an ordained minister and then became a Catholic. And, yeah. but you know, uh, as a father with eight children or however many yeah, kids. He eight. Got, yeah. He has yeah. Eight children. He, yeah. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't become a Catholic priest, though they will ordain some of the crossover. Yeah. They uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you just hope that God would take the scales off their eyes and, and they may have to be totally kicked out. They need to be excommunicated in order to see the light, uh, because might. if they, they might. because because they're going to have to rethink it because they believe that that you can only be saved if you're in good stead with the Catholic Church and if you are excommunicated you are anathema yeah, you're and anathema. they're going to have to find the way the truth and the life at some point in time after they're excommunicated. Yeah, well, God I'm praying for the communication. That's what we need to do. Lord Jesus, let the Pope excommunicate these three men and then take the scales off their eyes. Yeah, yeah, because they could really be something, be, really no, be something I, for the Lord if they yeah. would. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing, like Luther, he, he went on to uh, do great things for the Lord and... Uh, of course, like like I've said before, there was that Reformation, but there was always Christians after Jesus left. We were called Christians at Antioch. There was always Christians. So it's not like all of a sudden Luther broke away from the one true church, and there was always just the Catholic Church, which they like you to believe. And uh, then they called us Protestants. I don't call myself a yeah, Protestant. I'm Luke a Christian. Luther did translate the, the New yeah, Testament. Yeah, he, he did. Yes, he did, which was against the law. The Catholic Church, you were, you could be arrested if you yeah. if you if you had a Bible or you translated a Bible without the approval of the bishop. Right. Yes. Yeah, because they didn't want it in the common language. He took no. the Latin Vulgate and he translated. Do they still use it in Germany today? The Luther's translation. Yeah. Isn't yeah. so so. He was able to, so many people were reached because of the translations into the common language. And yes. then, of course, the Gutenberg press and the, and the ability to print Bibles that, of course, the Catholic Church put them on the condemned booklet. Yeah, they did put it on. And if you read the council, burned of, them. yes, they burned, uh, was it Wycliffe or uh, yeah, Dale, Wycliffe. one of them? They burned them at well, the stake. Well, I think they burned... I, uh, one of them they burned, the other one they dug up after he'd already died and then burned him. Yeah, for translating mm -hmm. the Bible. Right, into English. Into now that English. was English. Yeah. yeah. So that was their crime. But mm -hmm. uh, the if you read that Council of Trent paper, and it, it, it is available online, 
And that was what, like in the third century? 1500. Or 1500s, yeah. the Council of Trent. Yeah. And then they, they actually say in there, you cannot publish or print a Bible without getting permission. It was a criminal offense. You had to get permission from a bishop or whatever. No, they didn't want people to read the Bible. We never read the mm -hmm. Bible in Catholic school or Catholic church. We never read it well, ever. That was the biggest cause of the Reformation was, was getting the Bible into people's hands. And that's what got the church so angry because it says it took away from the authority of these bishops and everybody to tell you how to translate it. Yeah, because yeah. Everybody could translate it their own way. And so there was no standard of, of translation of, of the interpretation not just the translation, but the interpretation, they had to be the ones to interpret to determine how to interpret it. And so they say, we've got 40,000 denominations now because everybody's interpreting it differently. And, and we as the Catholic Church, we only have it one way interpreted. Oh, well, we obviously, I, and, and, and I had that argument with one of these three men. It, it, I believe it was with, with Boris and telling me there's, you know, 40,000 denominations. And I said, and, oh, and he got so mad at me. That's right, it was Boris. I said, well, there's just as many differences in people's interpretation in the Catholic Church as there is out there in the rest of it. It's just that it, it isn't an, an official statement with any of them. But, but, you know, everybody in the seats that reads their Bible, they don't agree with the Catholic, even if they're Catholic. They don't they see it their own way. So I said, all this variations of the beliefs are in there. And, and you know, and I, I, oh, well, I, I was involved in, in, um, helping Walter Martin, who was helping Mitch Pockwell, who was helping Ratzinger get, get a heretic priest out of the Catholic Church, and by the name of, of um, Matthew Fox, who was a New Age priest. And he, and because and, we, had, we, had we had interviewed this guy because we went to, uh, too long of a story, but we were at a Jesus, a Jesus thing that Robert Schuller was one of the speakers, and so was, so, so was Matthew Fox. And we were interviewing oh. them all because it was this ecumenical thing in Chicago. And so we, because we interviewed Matthew Fox and we taped it and wrote about it, um, Paco wanted a tape of that. So he went through Walter Martin to get to us. And so that, and then he was helping Ratzinger, who ended up being Pope Benedict the 16th to excommunicate him. But I think they, they drove him out and he finally just left and became an Episcopal priest himself. But you see, that's what I was getting at when I was talking to, to, to Voris was the divisions, the same ones, the, the, the priests aren't all teaching your, you know, the catechism. They're all oh, coming with all their things. Look what's happening now. How can, look what's happening now. They're letting homosexuals get up and... Right talk about their yeah. dating life and their marriage and their applauding. And so yeah, find that in the cat in the Catholic yeah, catechism, yeah. there's just as many differences there than there are outside in, in the, in the so-called Protestant world. Okay. Well, yeah. So Voris was really trying to argue with me, but you know what? I think maybe he sees the light of day now that they aren't paying attention to their catechism anymore. And they are yeah, having yeah, their yeah. own beliefs. <laughs> Well, we did. We read the catechism every day in Catholic school. First thing in the morning, yeah. you had to open oh, yeah. up your catechism. Remember all the questions? Yeah. Yeah. We knew that. Uh, you know, we knew about catechism. Bible, forget it. No, we didn't know Bible. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't understand about Jesus. I didn't understand. We, mm -hmm. we used to hear he, he died for us, but I didn't know what it meant. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I would, uh, yeah, the answer I got was he opened the gates of heaven so that we could work our way in. <laughs> yeah, we were always trying to work our way in. Yeah, but he opened the gate. Yeah. Uh, I, just, oh. I couldn't figure out how to get there. I never thought I would get there. I, I figured I'd make purgatory for sure. But oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, have, but I you never thought I'd go to heaven. Have you ever gone to a Catholic funeral and hear a Catholic priest say, bless Johnny, he's in purgatory now, working yeah, off his car? Yeah, and you can, <laughs> we'll say masses to get him out of purgatory. Yeah, but, no, they don't say that. But they'll they offer these that? cars. They say that? I, they well, no, I mean, they don't preach that at the funeral, but they will accept these little prayer cards where you can pay so much yeah, money yeah. and they'll send masses for you to, to spring the guy out of purgatory. You know, I had somebody send me one for when my uh, mother passed away. I'm like, what? Oh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't say anything to her. I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but I'm like, why would you waste your money sending yeah. me this thing that you probably had to pay a hundred dollars for or whatever, right. have a mass right. said somewhere in a monastery. That's right. But they won't preach that at the funeral is what I'm saying. But they will accept the offerings for the, for the mass cards to bring them out of purgatory. Oh yeah. They'll do that. Or they'll tell, yeah. like when I went to a Catholic funeral once, they told my aunt that my cousin was in purgatory. Well, I, I asked the priest after that. I was saved at the time, and I went up to the priest. I said, how could you tell her that? You don't know where he is. Yeah, wow. And he just looked at me like he was stunned because probably nobody ever questioned him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, oh, I, I just, Jesus needs to get back here and straighten things out. It's gone too far. <laughs> you know, it's, it's how much further and worse can it get, you know? But, you know, it is a day to celebrate today, though. It very, really is. Very, very great day today. Some very babies great day. Are saved. Babies yeah. are going to get saved, and then there, these abortion clinics, it's going to be a great day for these states where there'll be no more baby killing. Yeah. It'll be a great Amen. day for those states. And for the for people that have worked for many years to see this day, yeah, I I, I was really overwhelmed by it, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was a great day, it really was. Absolutely, we ought to celebrate this day. And you know what? If it was some big victory in the gay community, they would turn it into a special day, like the the Harvey Milk Day off or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> we yeah. won't get such a day. Well, there might be there might be uh, marches to remember the day, as far as to uh, the day that Roe was overturned. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great day. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so that's a small victory, but we'll see. There may be more because it was really heartwarming to think about it. I know. And the implications, wow, it was it was big. And I never thought these people would do it ever. I, I didn't think they would have the courage to do it. Yeah, well, and again, boy, the devil tried to fight back and not let it happen, but they didn't they didn't comply. No, they didn't comply. I don't know if they were ever gonna be able to go home again. That's the they'll thing. Have to that, find new home. They all are forced to move. Yeah, they'll probably have to move or they're probably yeah. all in hiding today i know what the uh, what yeah i expect this weekend to see a lot of uh places and courthouses burning down or whatever i hate to think of what could happen once they gather steam over the weekend 
Oh, yeah, and the fact that there's no law and order, the fact that they were letting these people march at their homes, which, mm-hmm. you know, they should have never allowed that. And then, yeah, we just don't know what what's going to happen there. And uh, yeah. we just pray for God's protection and for God to protect these Supreme Court justices. The thing is, some uh, most of them are pretty young still, and they can still stay on for uh, for a long time. So, but yeah, we thank God for small victories, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what the Lord does. We just hope that some of these these Catholics will see the light and realize who Jesus is and what a great plan He has for them. And mm-hmm. it's not there. It's not in a corrupt religious system. And the same thing with uh, other Christians that hold on to these false teachings and their favorite false teacher that they can see the light too. Yeah. And uh, like Jesus said, come out of them, my people. <laughs> That's it. And some, yeah, don't share in their plagues. Their judgment's coming. Don't don't get the fallout on that. Get away from them. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Lord. Anyway, I guess that's a good show for today. Yeah, it's always fun being with you, Susan. Yeah, it was great. Thanks, Jackie. And uh, keep me posted on what's happening. So uh, tell people now you have a new book where they can find your new book and to contact you yeah. on Facebook and your website. Sure, go to yeah, well, go to Amazon and just look up my name, Jackie Almore, and you'll find my latest book, The United States of Israel, which is the end, America in End Times Prophecy is the subtitle. And you can also see, you know, some of my articles that are on my webpage, which is ChristianSentinel.com. And uh, again, join me on Facebook. And uh, we have good discussions over there, and we keep tracking the signs of the times, and they just kind of keep, just like the birth pangs, they're coming closer together and stronger. Yeah, yeah, that's, you do have good distru- uh, discussions there on Facebook. Of course, Jackie's yeah. Facebook page is public. And so you can contact her there and uh, get some good fellowship. To have the, the assembling of ourselves together there. <laughs> sure, sure. All right. Well, again, thank you everybody for listening in, and thank you, Susan. Amen. Great show today. Thank you, Lord. And uh, yeah. we'll be doing it again real soon. Yeah. All right. All right then, Jackie. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. That's our show for today. So we thank God for his mercies. They are new every morning. And we want to give everybody an opportunity that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, you can ask him to come into your life. The gift of salvation is a free gift. And it's not hard to get saved. You say, well, I've done all these things in my life and... How could the Lord ever forgive me? He does forgive you. And he gives you a brand new life. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be whiter than snow. So he forgives you when you ask him to, when you repent of your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. 
the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. Romans 10.9 says, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life today and to give you a brand new life and to give you peace and joy because he is the Prince of Peace. And only only Jesus can give you real peace and real joy. So God bless you. And if you need to contact me, you can email me, susan at propheticnews.com, and I'll answer your email, okay? God bless. Bye, everybody.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters. And it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com That's one 844 300 leaf.